Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Tuesday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listening around the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Santer, and uh, the great producer Brandon himself from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Bob out today, but Kelly and I will got a really good show for you as we uh, look forward uh, for the Golden Eagles taking on UAB. We'll be talking uh, to uh, Logan Scott, a former uh, UAB uh, tight end who played against the Golden Eagles and get his memories uh, about this uh, this series that is only uh, really about 18 years old uh, but has been one of uh, the, the key matchups in, in Conference USA uh, for, for quite a long time. Kelly and I are going to re- reminisce a letter, later in the program about some uh, some great UAB games uh, that, that we saw. But, hey, guys, how's it going in Hattiesburg today? Bright sunshine. Not quite as beautiful as downtown Laurel, but it's, it's nice. It's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice day. You know, we're very comfortable. The beautiful is connected to uh, the, the downtown. Anyway, first segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Dickie's Barbecue. Southern Miss will be taking on UAB in the Rock this Saturday, and great opportunity for you to come out early and tailgate and let Dickie's take care of that. Everything uh, on their menu is absolutely uh, delicious. Uh, be sure to go by and see them. Kelly uh, Sander approves their ice cream, but remember, Dickie's cooked here, loved everywhere, and they're a proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Let's get right to it. Happy to have on the show a familiar face, David Crane. I, I guess I should say familiar voice. This is radio. In his 13th year with UAB, his 11th year as the voice of the Blazers, he has seen many of these games between Southern Miss and UAB, and David joins us now. David, uh, you know, I played in this series early on, and Golden Eagles uh, dominated the first half of it, the first nine games, but people forget UAB has won the last seven of eight against the Golden Eagles. Yeah, it's been a a, a streaky series. Uh, When I got to to UAB, Southern Miss was still dominating, but but the the Blazers have been able to to flip the script just a little bit as of late. Um, Been some really good games in the series. Last year's game was fantastic. Uh, in Birmingham, an overtime game that um, Southern Miss very easily could have won that ball game. Blazers were, were fortunate to win it on a, a cold night in Birmingham. Had a little bit of everything. Uh, had overtime, had technical problems. I was on the, the cell phone the majority of the second half. I'm not sure John Cox ever got off of his cell phone call of that game. But it was <laughs> it was memorable and, and expecting a similarly good game this, this weekend down in Hattiesburg. God, the Blazers are six and two. Uh, just lost to Tennessee and, and Western Kentucky, tied with Southern Miss uh, as far as a three and one conference record. I know big news out of Birmingham this week, and we'll talk about Tyler Johnson, your quarterback. But Spencer Brown's back. He's been out for about a month. Uh, All conference running back. I know the Blazers are excited to have him back. Yeah, it'll be good to, to get him back and hopefully close to a hundred percent. He's um, he's not looked like the Spencer Brown that we've grown accustomed to the first couple of years. Uh, but he's still awfully good and, and keep waiting for him to have that breakout performance. 
had a, a memorable run to, to win the game in overtime last year for UAB. So I know he's got fond memories of, of playing against Southern Miss, and I'm sure he is anxious to get back out there. It's one of the, the good things about this team is they're, even with the, the lack of experience losing so many guys from the season ago, they still got pretty good depth, and especially at running back. And so uh, Lucius Stanley and Jermaine Brown and um, Larry Wood and Jonathan Hayden have all filled in pretty nicely, but it, it will be nice to have Spencer Brown back there, hopefully, as we said, close to full speed. David Crane, I'm, I was a big fan of yours going back to when you starred in the uh, CBS television series Hogan's Heroes. Uh, <laughs> that was my Uncle Bob. Oh, oh, your Uncle Bob Crane. Okay. I'm not even sure Luke would, is old enough to remember the old Hogan's nope. Heroes. But uh-huh. at any rate, um, a lo- some local flavor on that UAB roster, Kendall Parham, who is a Blazer, played at uh, prepped at Oak Grove High School, which is just right up the road here. So there's some uh, some backyard flavor of this UAB Southern Miss series. And it seems like that's always the case. There, there always uh, seem to be a few guys from Mississippi on the UAB roster, and there are always, it seems, some Alabama guys that are that are playing for Southern Miss. And um, you know, these two schools are, are fairly close together. Probably the the closest natural geographic rival for, for UAB, uh, Middle Tennessee is in, in the neighborhood as well. But um, it, it, you don't need a lot of extra motivation in this game. Uh, but when you've got some natives playing against their, their home state school or, or a school from their home state, that always adds a little bit to it. When, well, And looking at, at the schedule going forward for you guys, you don't have anything to do, obviously, with the scheduling, but, but if there are critics of the Blazers, they'd say, well, they really haven't played anybody yet. You, you, clearly, you've got your toughest lifting ahead of you and still have a chance to win, uh, a legitimate chance to win, the Conference USA's Western Division. Tell us about that. It, it's, it's nice to be able to control your destiny, even the loss to Western Kentucky, uh, not a division loss. So it, it was tough to drop that one up in Bowling Green, but you're right. It, it's, it's, everything's right out there in front of UAB, and uh, I had nothing to do with the schedule. If I did, I guarantee you we would not have played Tennessee last week. We'd have played them the first game of the season and hopefully been enjoying life like Georgia State did uh, when they left Knoxville early in the season. But um, it's it's all right there in front of UAB, and you're exactly right. The, the, the most challenging part of the schedule is the last month. It started with Tennessee last week and then four straight division games to close it out. So, um, UAB is going to find out just how good it is over the course of these next four weeks. And I think, David Crane, that if you have to look at a, at a one of the quote-unquote surprise teams on the plus side, regardless of what happens here on out, would have to be the Blazers because you're decimated by graduation last year. But Bill Clark and the, the coach Clark, they've just kind of reloaded and gone about their business and uh, kind of continued where they left off. Yes. Yeah, they've they've done a nice job recruiting and, and building the roster and. It's hard to, to overcome the loss of 30-some-odd seniors from last year's team, but I do think the schedule certainly helped. Uh, if, you know, if we'd have played Tennessee first or Southern Miss in week two or week three or um, you know, Louisiana Tech earlier on, you may not be sitting here at six and two, but you got to play a lot of guys. You have, they have stayed reasonably healthy. The injury bug's been biting a good bit. Um, throughout the course of the season, but but for the most part, reasonably healthy, and you got him some experience. So I think the schedule helped in, in any number of ways, and, and this is a pretty deep, uh, talented roster that is now a little more experienced heading into the final month of the regular season. Right. 
Tyler uh, Tyler Johnson the third's been your quarterback really the whole way, David. Um, and again, you know, uh, I'm sure he'll be uh, maybe a game time decision. But uh, Dylan Hopkins had to come in uh, against Tennessee. Uh, any any thoughts on on Johnston and and, uh, and and I want to follow up with one more question about him. Uh, you know, I, I've been speaking with Coach Clark last night and again today. Uh, I think the answer I'm supposed to give is Tyler will absolutely be 100 percent, and he has looked very good running the wishbone that they have just installed for for Saturday's <laughs> game. So uh, uh, you know, we'll we'll see it. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully uh, he'll be 100% and ready to go. It was good in a way to get Dylan Hopkins into the game Saturday against Tennessee. You don't, you don't want it to happen the way it happened, but for him to get out there, get some quality reps, and lead a scoring drive, the only scoring drive of the night for the UAB offense, um, if he's going to have to play quality minutes or quality snaps this Saturday, it was good that he did get some experience and some playing time under his belt up in Knoxville last Saturday night. One thing we saw uh, doing a little scouting yesterday was this this UAB offense loves to take shots. Uh, the, the stat that jumped out to me, Johnston is like fourth in the country, right behind the, the kid from SMU, right behind Jalen Hurts, in deep passing, so passing over 20 yards. He's fourth in the country, so uh, regardless of kind of who's in there, this UAB offense loves to take deep shots. really does, and it's interesting. Um, the offensive line was a bit of a question mark coming in. They've been pretty sturdy and they've given him time to sit back there and deliver the deep ball. He is remarkably accurate on those long passes. Sometimes he can struggle with the shorter stuff, but when he's got time, um, he's got three really, really talented receivers that he can throw it to. They can all fly. They've got great hands. They're physical. Uh, so it's sort of the, the, the perfect scenario, and, and when this offense has been at its best, you've seen those receivers streaking down the field, and, and it's, it's a remarkable gift to, to lay it out there as well as Tyler does time and time again. Well, Luke, that cannot be good news for the Southern Miss uh, fans because the secondary, would you agree, the secondary of the Golden Eagles has been probably the least consistent unit overall so far, yes? Yeah, and that's why uh, you know you, you raise your eyebrows at it, and and it's something that they're they're going to have to defend if they want to shut down UAB. Well, David, um, appreciate man you uh, joining us, and uh, you get to call uh, one uh, another one of these f- fabulous uh, you know series over the years. Should be a dandy. Uh, make sure you eat some good barbecue or something when you come into Hattiesburg and enjoy the game Saturday. Always look forward to the visit to Hattiesburg. The folks are great down there, and uh, weather's going to be nice. Should be just a great day. Can't wait. Appreciate it. That's David Crane, the voice of the UAB Blazers, joining us in the first segment of the Eagle Hour. We'll take a break. Kelly and I come back and reminisce a little bit about, uh, man, this storied series. Less than 20 years old, but been some great games uh, a part of it. We'll talk about that next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
Back on a Tuesday, appreciate David Crane, the voice of the UAB Blazers, for joining us. The second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg or online, campusbookmark.net. Holidays coming up. Everybody needs something new that has uh, the black and gold, the Golden Eagles on it. So visit Campus Bookmark online or uh, in-store and uh, grab some uh, some sweet swag uh, and cheer on the Golden Eagles. Luke Johnson, Kelly Center uh, from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. And Kelly, looking at, um, I-, I mentioned it at the top of uh, the segment with David, but you look all time, this is the 18th meeting between the Golden Eagles and the Blazers. Golden Eagles lead the series 10-7, to but UAB on a current three uh, game win streak, and they won the last seven of eight. So from 2000 to 2008, Golden Eagles played the Blazers every single year. The series started eight and zero. Then starting in 2009, they won four in a row. Uh, Golden Eagles, if you will remember, what started the turnaround in 2013. Todd Munkin's first win as a head coach. They won 62-27, and then uh, the last three times, 14, 17, and 18. The the couple years in there, UAB didn't have a football program, but the the Blazers uh, have uh, won the last seven of eight. And it's really one of those games. Whenever you get together, all bets are off, no matter what the records are. And I know. Uh, you remember back, you were telling me off air about the 2011 game that the Golden Eagles really just, it was a head-scratcher after we had played so well that season. It was a game that I was watching, and, and I even, I think I, my memory was so vivid that night because it was a Thursday night game that was televised. It was cold, it was rainy, and the game was in, was in Birmingham, and Southern Miss was one that game away from potentially, potentially playing in a New Year's Day bowl game, because the Eagles, you were telling me, looked finished twelve and two that year. All right, so they win this game against UAB. They could potentially go to a New Year's Day bowl with a one-loss season. And I was watching it at a local uh, watering hole in Hattiesburg, which I know nobody will find that surprising. But when the Eagles got beat by. And, and look, from the get-go, from the kickoff of that game, the Eagles looked terrible. Looked terrible. And people are going, well, even as bad as, as the Eagles look, surely they can't lose to UAB. Well, guess what? They did. And, I mean, I saw people throwing uh, plastic forks and spoons and, and paper cups. I mean, it was nuts how upset people got over losing that game to UAB. And you just talked about the dominance on both sides of the coin, how, how the Eagles – had the Blazers number for a long time. Now UAB seems to have the Eagles number. That is a phenomenon in any sport that I just, I've always been fascinated with, but have never figured out as to, it's inexplicable as to how some teams go on these runs against other teams, but it's real. And if you don't think that the guys aren't thinking of that, that UAB has, has, has owned them, you know, the past seven out of eight times, uh, it, it's in there, even though, you know, they might not have been part of all of them. Uh, they think about that, and you know, from a player's pr- perspective, Luke, what about that? You know, the, the fact that, and again, it's inexplicable, but you know about it as a player. Yeah, I mean, early on, uh, the first, uh, you know, the first eight games, uh, th- they were all close. Um, the the three games, uh, the four games that I played in, we won, we won by seven and o two, we won by five and o three, we won by five and o four, and. Uh, we won by nine my senior year in 05, but it was kind of like UAB knew that we were going to beat them, and so it, it gets in your head. Um, 
no, no matter who the opponent is, when somebody's beating you three years in a row, so say you're a true freshman, when you're a senior and you look back, this team has beaten you three out of the, f- the four times. You know, and, and so uh, it, it can get in their mind. It can get in, in even in the preparation. You would think that hopefully players are, are mentally tough enough where they don't have to, uh, you know, where they can dodge that. Or, but, but, I mean, it does get old after a while. And so if you're a junior on the Southern Miss team or if you're a senior on the Southern Miss team, uh, you're 0-2 against UAB. That's and it's, what you are. And, and re- you, haven't, you haven't beat them. And even recently, you remember what when Louisiana Tech beat the Eagles a couple of weeks ago? What did, what was you know they were celebrating the victory, but what did all those seniors on Louisiana Tech say? We've never beaten Southern Miss. We've never beaten which they hadn't. So it was something that was a bee in their bonnet for sure, and they were glad to, to finally get that taken care of. So um, let let's hope that that our guys coming off of a bye week, of course, can uh, can get everything going and uh, and put UAB. You know, one down because if the Eagles are to have any kind, any hope of winning the West, you know, they, they have to win this game. You know, is there any particular UAB game that sticks out in your mind, Luke? The the O three game uh, we played them over at uh, at Legion. That's where we we uh, played them in my senior year and, and my sophomore year. We rolled in there. It was uh, it was game two. We had just got annihilated out in Berkeley, and um, so we you know we were thinking we were better than that. We roll in there. It was a Thursday night ESPN game. It was the first of three games that season that Tariko, Herbstreit, and Corso called a Thursday night game for us. It was pretty cool. We roll into Legion, and uh, in the in the second quarter, um, the place started filling up. And I'm talking about you know there was like forty forty five thousand people there. We're like, what is going on? And then we figured out at halftime that was the first season of American Idol, and Ruben Stoddard, who had just won American Idol, he was singing at halftime. <laughs> and so there was, it was the place was just like lit up at, at halftime. It was going crazy. Late third quarter, um, the crowd eased off a little bit, but but we won that one. And I remember uh, you remember you remember Doctor Jerry Punch, sure, NASCAR reporter, but yes. sideline reporter, and he was the sideline yeah. reporter on that was just a phenomenal crew that ESPN had. So uh, at halftime, we're winning, but the defense isn't playing that great. And so uh, Tyrone uh, Nix, we shall say, was verbally inspiring the defense in one corner of, of uh, the locker room. And the way they had, they had these old old school lockers where uh, when you walk in, it's kind of like what you had in high school. You could see through them. They weren't, they, they weren't uh, yeah, they were. Yeah, they looked and kind so, of mesh, kind of a metallic mesh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Jerry Punch bop, bebops up in the, in the locker room and uh, – all the while, Tyrone is verbally inspiring, uh, we shall say, pretty vehemently. Yeah, we got uh, it. The defense. <laughs> we got it. Yeah. Jer- Jerry Punch Jerry Punch jumps back and just, like, stands beside one of those mesh lockers and, like, is looking through it. He didn't know what to do. I thought it was the most hilarious thing that I had seen in a long time. But the defense came back and, and won that one. That was a big game for us. It was a big game for me. I had a, I had a bad game. Uh, against Berkeley, I uh, had some punts get blocked, and that was really uh, the first. Uh, it was the first good game I'd ever had as a collegiate punter. So lots of memories against UAB, and and we we played. Uh, Daryl Hackney was was their quarterback. Man, he was tough. He was always tough, and those guys always. Uh, we were going to beat them, but we weren't going to beat them by much. It was really cool to get to talk to David Crane, the radio voice of the Blazers. One of the reasons I like talking to radio guys is because they'll really shoot straight with you. You know. All due respect to coaches and players, they're going to give you what the school wants you to hear, right? Oh, they're well coached. They're big and tough. They're strong. We'll be lucky to beat them. 
But the radio guys will always tell you straight up. And, and I appreciate what David Crane said. He goes, he pretty much admitted, yeah, we haven't played anybody, right? UAB hasn't played anybody. And, and he admitted that their toughest games are still ahead of them here on the schedule. So, and they still have a chance. You know, they, it, their destiny is in their own hand. But they're going to have to beat the Eagles coming in here on Saturday to, you know, to have a, a real, of course, they've got, they still have Louisiana Tech ahead of them, too. They still have North Texas ahead of them. So, um, and not that anybody's all been that impressed with North Texas here lately, but they are still going to have to do some work on their own if they are to, uh, if they're to win uh, if they're to win the West Division. But on the other hand, the Eagles are kind of in the same boat for them to have any kind of chance to win the West. They've, they've got to win uh, this game on Saturday. And I think they will. I, I really do. I don't think I've ever been more Oh, confident. we know. We, 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 we know that. We've been hearing that for uh, a week and a half. So I'm, I'm thankful. <laughs> I really am. I'm not being smart. I am really am thankful for your optimism. I was telling Bob yesterday, uh, the, the North Texas game was a game that you had been wanting to see. You wanted to see them lead. You wanted to see them put one away. Right. Just when you feel sky high about that, what happens the next week? You jump out to an early lead. You give it up, and you don't win. So this is one of those uh, appearances, again, Eagles five-point favorite going into this one. Can they start fast? Can they finish? Can they erase the doubt? And and that's the way it's been for you know the last uh, four or five years. It's um, you, you bite your fingernails because you feel like when you get up, it's too good to be true that you're going to hang on and win. So can they you know, bring that type of confidence? Can they keep it? And can they finish it so that the rest of us have fingernails at the end of the fourth quarter? And they still have to win two more games to pretty much secure a bowl. Because people go, well, six could get you in. Nope, not Southern, it won't. I mean, that was proven last year. I mean, it could, but the Eagles were snubbed last year along with Louisiana Monroe. With a six and six record, the Eagles did not get a bowl bid. So they've got five wins now. So they're pretty they're pretty much gonna have to come up with two more wins. So if you get this one, then UTSA would be a, a game that that the Eagles would be you know favored going into, and then you've got Western Kentucky in Hattiesburg, and then that last one against Florida Atlantic, who maybe who may have lost their coach by then because word now is circulating that uh, Lane Kiffin is uh, supposedly one of the hot candidate hot candidates for the Florida State job that has now come open after the firing of Willie Taggart this past weekend. So a lot of things yet to to be determined, but one guy who has a unique perspective on the UAB Southern Miss series is a guy who played prep football at Oak Grove here in the Hattiesburg area, helped the the Warriors to win a state championship in the fall of 2013. He was a tight end for UAB and went on to play a little bit for the Atlanta Falcons. We'll be talking with Logan Scott after this commercial timeout. The Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, which is where we will be originating this program from on Friday at about uh, 1 o'clock. Of course, every Friday before a Southern Miss home game, we will begin our uh, 
our pre-gaming, as they, as they say, with the lunch hour there on Fridays, and then we hang around for the Eagle Hour from 1 to 2 o'clock, 4th Street Bar and Grill, right across the 4th Street Bridge uh, above Highway 49 right there by M.M. Roberts Stadium, The Rock, with that seven or that uh, 8, 8.95 uh, lunch plate special, which includes uh, your drink, of course, a full uh, variety of uh, pool tables there for you to play on, two separate uh, locations to Enjoy fellowship, food, and fun. It's always there at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Everybody likes to hang out at 4th Street. Old, young, uh, tall, short, uh, all kinds of different people. It's a really cool, accepting place at 4th Street uh, Bar and Grill. So we are efforting uh, Logan Scott, who uh, was a prep football player at Oak Grove High School here in the uh, Hattiesburg area. Again, was a tight end for uh, Neville Barr's Warriors that won a state championship in the fall of 2013, then went on to play at UAB. So he certainly has had um, his share of experiences, actually had a, a couple of big plays in last year's game when the Eagles played the uh, the Blazers and then actually went and signed a free agent contract with the Atlanta Falcons, but back in the Hattiesburg area and uh, trying to get in touch with uh, Logan, talk to him a little bit earlier today. And uh, so far... We have not had luck, but we, we, I feel good that we'll get in touch with him here, even if it is before the, uh, the end of the hour. But Kelly Sander, along with Luke Johnson and Brandon Wallace, our producer in our First Bank studios here um, in Hattiesburg. Some other things going on in, in women's basketball this afternoon. That's right, this afternoon, the Lady Eagles defeated William Carey University 77-47. to That was a rare uh, afternoon contest, obviously, at Reed Green. And I think it was Education Day, where a lot of kids from area schools got to go enjoy that game. So the Lady Eagles win it 77-47 to over William Carey University. The men's basketball team for Southern Miss begins the season tonight against Delta State. That's not counting that uh, exhibition game. Uh, last week against uh, Mississippi College. So Delta State, the opponent tonight for Jay Ladner's Eagles. In National Football League news, of course, the New England Patriots <laughs> are no longer undefeated. They got beat it. They got beaten on Sunday night by the Baltimore Ravens in a Monday night action. Last night, the Cowboys outlasted the New York Giants. So a little bit about a lot of things, Luke, because it's only Tuesday. But later on this week, we talked about this program originating live from 4th Street Bar and Grill. On Thursday, we'll be at the Bokehoma Casino in Sandersville, and we'll uh, lay it out for you. Some of the big uh, college games this weekend, including uh, Alabama and LSU getting ready to play, and the President of the United States scheduled to scheduled to be at that contest, and I'm sure he will be greeted much more warmly at an Alabama-LSU game than he would perhaps at some other um, areas around the country, but uh, that's got a few things off the plate. Luke, what else is going on? Maybe we can get a Southern Miss Sports Trump to put in a call and, and get Air Force One to do a flyover uh, before uh, the Southern Miss UAB game. Back to uh, back to the Lady Eagles today in their first uh uh, official win of the season against William Carey. Uh, respect Lee Part, uh, in my opinion, one of the greatest names in college uh, basketball. 12 points, five rebounds. Uh, Mays has 15 points. Lady Eagles uh, shot pretty good, scored 23 points in, in the third quarter, shot 46% um, from the field, 30% uh, behind the arc. And, uh, you know, early in the season, but only 60% from the free throw uh, line. So hopefully uh, they'll pick that up a little bit. They got a couple of days off, take on Mississippi State going up to Starkville uh, at 2 p.m. on Saturday. So Lady Eagles 1 and 0 after uh, defeating William Carey today by a score of 77 to 47. 
Um, tonight, uh, this is worth noting, 7 p.m. tip against Delta State for the men. First 500 fans in uh, in Reed Green tonight will get a rally towel uh, that commemorates Jay Ladner's return um, to his alma mater. So uh, Golden Eagles, of course, um, defeated Mississippi College 73-68 uh, to 68 a few days back, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll play well against Delta State tonight. I'll tell you what, I mean, <laughs> you look at uh, – you, you better shoot the ball well because you got South Alabama, you got North Florida, um, but then, Kelly, I don't know of a run of opponents – that the Golden Eagles have faced. And you'd probably have to be hard-pressed to go back to think through maybe even some of the Metro days. Iowa State, Gonzaga, then you may have uh, Seton Hall or Oregon or North Carolina. Uh, then you got Tulane, then you got Texas Tech, and all that's before you uh, you start a conference play. So it is a uh, – you talk about uh, just a, a row of death. I mean, it, it's it's killer row there for the Golden Eagles early in the basketball season. And that's – well, what's, what's the adage? What's the marketing phrase? Anywhere – Anytime, you know, any place. Well, n- never has it been more true than during the basketball season. But the good thing for Coach Jay Ladner this year is, of course, no pressure at all. Everybody kind of understands where the basketball program is. But uh, to get people, you know, in the stands to cheer these uh, young players on. And, and he said from, from day one, you remember when he took the job at his press conference, he said the goal is to – it was interesting because he said it, it wasn't necessarily to win Conference USA championships, although that goes without saying. He said – our goal is to compete for national championships. You know, so he went he went straight to the top of the food chain rather than, you know, a couple of steps in between. So very lofty goals, but uh, the old adage, too, that if you see it, you can be it. And uh, he's always been, you know, he's always been a, a big dreamer. And, of course, the, the people who were not behind the hiring of Jay Ladner back in the day, you know, they said, well, you know, his record at, at southeastern Louisiana really wasn't all that uh, – overwhelming you know it wasn't all that great but when you when you play in the southland conference and and even conference usa to a degree you've heard of money games in football luke there's money games in basketball too so when coach ladner was at southeastern louisiana they'd have to you know they'd have to play every year they'd have to play texas tech they'd have to play texas they'd have to play texas a&m you know just to just to fill the coffers well that before you get into conference play well it's real easy you know to go three and eight you know, before you even get into your conference play. But when you look at uh, Jay Ladner's conference record over those five years, every year, increasingly, you know, a better winning percentage. And um, so, you know, you can't, when you're hiring a coach from the Southland or, you know, a conference like that, you you can't really look at the overall win-loss record because, you know, and even Doc Sadler, when the Eagles have had to play some of these games, it's it's really not a, a level playing field. You have to play some of those games in order to bring home a check. So uh, don't don't let the record sometimes um, influence you know, your opinion as to how well a coach is doing or how well yeah. you know they're not doing. And it's and it's going to be early on. It's growing pains. People don't realize again. Eleven newcomers for the Golden Eagles. That's like fifth, I think, in the country as far as. What you're coming in, and you look back at what in Mississippi College, uh, the game Ladavius drained with 13 points, Jay Malone with 14, Gabe Watson with 12. Um, Drain is is in the starting lineup where he wasn't last year. You're you're replacing the whole backcourt. I mean that's what you're doing. Um, you know the, the kid from Europe that's coming in. I still can't pronounce his name. Kanatsuk, I think that's perfect. Um, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's how you say it. Kanatsuk. Wow, yep, that's, that's good. 
Yep. Yeah. Cannot suck. But you know, you you got a you got a little more um, height underneath. Harper Baker isn't so pressed to be that much of a big. He can be. Uh, he, he's still you know player four, but uh, but it, it's just going to take him a little while to gel. And <coughs> excuse me, and that's what happens when you lose a really good point guard. Gabe Watson's good, but you know they they got to gel. And and one of the things they got to work on is uh, the turnovers, coach. Coach Ladner told us that Gabe uh, turning the ball over a little, little too much uh, for everybody's liking in the preseason. So uh, it's just going to take them a little while. But, but what an opportunity to be able to play uh, those type of opponents early in the season. And they got the job. I say they, Coach Ladner and his staff, got the job a little bit later than the usual cycle of uh, basketball coaches. So they got in on the very tail end of recruiting when a lot of guys had already solidified, you know, where they were going to be. So fast forward just a little bit. Coach Ladner brings in Delonte Hill, who at one time was the highest paid assistant coach in college basketball. Great recruiting. Nobody has ever disputed that. So now they've got a full calendar year to be able to recruit some of these guys. So some huge growing pains this year. Um, but in the future, you know, with uh, again, with Delonte Hill, and of course Jay Ladner can, can sell ice cubes to Eskimos. You know, he'll be, he'll be doing some good recruiting on his own. Uh, you would only think that things would be um, onward and upward as far as uh, the basketball program goes. And again, poor Conference USA because I remember when um, Donnie Tyndall was here, you know, the Eagles that one year, one year that he was here nailed down 30 wins. 30 wins. Back in the day when I was a kid, you know, you figured if you won 22 games, you were going to get a, a, a bid to the national tournament. Donnie Tindall was here, 30 wins. Southern Miss not only didn't get invited to the NCAA tournament, they were only like the seventh seed in the NIT. So, again, you know, the, the only way that any team from Conference USA, it seems to me, is going to make the tournament, the big tournament, is to win the Conference USA tournament. I don't think it's fair, but I think the, that's the Kelly? way it is. Kelly. Yes. Kelly, you, you just made a mistake. Did I? Tonight. Two two names that we never mention on oh. the show. The first has the initials EJ. Yeah, 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 I got that one. The second are the initials DT. No, I get so it, but I I just retract it. DT was such a nice guy. I mean, I I know, I know, I get it, I get it, but was okay. You gonna take us to break? <laughs> hey, we'll be back right after this on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center, located on Highway 49 in Gulfport, Mississippi. More room for you, more room for your family. Gulfport Home Center, proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. Lady Eagle Golf uh, on the road. And uh, right now tied for ninth as uh, they shot 18 holes yesterday and shoot uh, 18 holes today. Trying to figure out where they are. I just announced it yesterday. 
It's uh, it's the Lady Paladin Invitational, and for some reason, there's no location on it. So well, the I'll, Paladins. I'm not sure where it is. The Paladins would be, uh, let's see, Furman, which would be South Carolina somewhere. The Furman Purple Paladins. So that would be wherever Furman University is. I think it's somewhere in South Carolina. Colleges yes. for colleges you for two hundred. It's in Greenville, South Carolina. Colleges for two hundred, please, Alex. There you go. <laughs> the Purple Paladins. Yeah, that's Good one job. of those weird mascots. But uh, Lady Eagles at uh, at ninth overall right now. A um, couple bowl projections uh, way earlier than what you want to have. Uh, one has Southern Miss going to the New Orleans Bowl uh, against Appalachian State. I saw another one. I think it's uh, CBS Sports as as Southern Miss. Uh, there's somebody at us in the in the Bahamas Bowl. Uh, CBS our 24/7 Sports ha- or CBS Sports I should say own 24/7 Sports has us uh, in the New Mexico Bowl against San Diego State. So always way earlier. You got to beat uh, UAB and you got to win. You think two more, right, Kelly? You think we got to get the seven wins? Yeah, I don't think you can give the, any selection committee the, the choice of taking you with six wins or not. I mean, that was proven last year. And, again, the Eagles weren't the only ones that got messed over. Um, you know, Louisiana Monroe, which beat Southern last year, they didn't get to go to a bowl either with six wins. So I think seven will solidify it. And I know, Luke, there are probably some people out there that are going, oh, the New Orleans Bowl again. Look, when you put it into perspective, and just go with those three choices that Luke just had the prognosticator saying, one at the Bahamas Bowl, one in the New Mexico Bowl, one in New Orleans. If you're an Eagle fan, you want, you know, and those are your three choices, you want to go to New Orleans, right? I mean, it's two hours down the road. Well, I would. Yeah, and you can, and you can go down there and, and hang out in New Orleans, which everybody knows you want to go to the French Quarter, of course, and you have to do it. Be in by nine o'clock so nobody sees you. <laughs> but, but I mean, you're obviously not going to fly to the Bahamas probably to see a bowl game. You're not going to drive out to New Mexico. So if you're an Eagle fan and those are your three choices, sign me up for the New Orleans Bowl every day of the week and twice on Sundays. One more. SB Nation has the Golden Eagles going to the Independence Bowl the day after Christmas against North Carolina. Southern Miss would have to fill an SEC spot. North Carolina uh, would fill an ACC spot. So. Uh, just this is the reason we have talk radio is to be able to uh, speculate. Yeah, but uh, Shreveport, one thing that we don't have to Shreveport that wouldn't be a bad drive, you know Shreveport, and it's just a it shame. Wouldn't be, but that is that was the coldest football game on record well, in the state of Louisiana. Yeah, but it's December, it you guys. You know, it's December. The only shame is that Elfed wouldn't still be at North Carolina, where you know Larry Fedora could play his old you know Southern Miss team. Um, but he's what now? Yeah, but you get Mac Brown, who used to coach at Southern Miss and Iowa State. Mac Brown was an assistant at Iowa State back in the day, too. You know, lots of speculation. One thing we don't have to speculate about: Kerry, uh, uh, Kelly gave his uh, Emperor Palpatine uh, laugh earlier. The New England Patriots will not be undefeated uh, before they go to the Super Bowl. Got knocked off uh, by the Ravens. Saints are off this week. Bengals, uh, I think the Bengals actually won this week. They beat the open date. Was that correct? No, they lost to the open date. But uh, (laughs) they don't beat anybody, including the open date. Actually, the Saints, I think, were off last Sunday. They play the Falcons. The Falcons this Sunday. Yeah, the the Dirty Birds, who are having a terrible year. I think they're ready for a coaching change in Atlanta. Uh, And the Bengals get to play... (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Uh, the Ravens <laughs> just got done, but, yeah. but, but here's but here's here, let me just rant for about thirty seconds, all right, <laughs> and then I'm going to get off the New England Patriots. 
You go the NFL strength of schedule this year. Guess who had the second easiest schedule? The New England Patriots had the second easiest. They're the Super Bowl champions, and they get the second easiest schedule. Now, I'm not a sophomore in high school. I'm not a junior high kid, and I know I'm going to say, but that's not fair. (laughs) I mean, that if you're the Super Bowl champions, you're supposed to be playing all the studs, and you're playing all the duds is what's happening. The second easiest schedule. I hope, New England, I hope you sleep well. And then you got, you got poor teams like the Browns and Bengals who have the toughest schedules, you know, and, and, and Bob's poor Redskins who opened against, you know, five of the toughest teams in the league. But the Patriots have to get the easy schedule, you know. So as if they weren't going to the Super Bowl anyway. Social media post of the day. Go. Social media post of the day. Um, well, I'll, I'll lead into it this way. I, I were watching Monday Night Football last night. My mom walks in and she says, I'm for the Cowboys. I was like, who are you? Why, why are you pulling for the Cowboys, Mom? Like, I don't know who you are. You st- like, growing up, when Brett played for the Packers, we hated the Cowboys. So anyway, the social media posts of the day, it's a little, uh, you know, gif uh, about Drake overreacting at an NBA game or maybe just acting normal. And the caption was, Cowboys fans, when they realize they don't have to, uh, they don't get to play teams like the Redskins or the Giants in the playoffs. So... There you go. You got to make Zeke, the you're going playoffs to have to do it against good teams. Yeah, you got to make the playoffs first, right? Uh, you you do. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. Uh, and we'll be back same time uh, tomorrow. Bob should be back, and uh, we'll catch you then. So, as always, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.